0: Hello and welcome to the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast. I'm Steph Furman. Thank you for joining us as we get insights and ideas from coaches working across the game to help you develop into the coach you want to be. In this episode we speak to Randy Ragbier, a coach at Athens United in Atlanta, about the African Coaches League. Set up in 2020 by Ezra M. Kennedy, the ACL aims to leverage coaching to lift Africans out of poverty. During our conversation, Randy offers an overview of the league, what members can expect and how to get involved. There are also some really useful thoughts on coaching as a parent, the lack of recognition globally for African coaches, and what a good coach looks like. Randy, welcome to the Soccer
1: Coach Weekly Podcast.
2: Thank you, I appreciate it, Steph.
1: So we're going to talk a bit about the African Coaches League. But before we get into that, I wanted to know a bit about you, who you are as a coach, maybe how you got into coaching and what some of your roles have been.
2: Sure. Um, Well, I've been around soccer all my life. Um, I was uh, born in Jamaica, which is a big soccer country. I mean, um, I think I'm part of the generation that uh, actually flipped um, our favorite sport from cricket to football. You know, we uh, were all young boys and saw the 1970 World Cup and the great Brazilian uh, team of the 1970s with uh, Pele. And I think we all put our cricket bats to the side and picked up a football <laughs> after that World Cup. But uh, so I've been around the game all my life. Um, I uh, uh, played all the way through high school and for um uh, men's teams uh, uh, you know not, not professionally but men's teams uh, in my 20s and then I uh, didn't pick up coaching until I'm 60 years old I didn't pick up coaching until um, my kids started playing um, the game and uh, I have since progressed into it and gotten deeper I live in Athens Georgia and I'm the academy director for our club. I have a U.S. National B license and about, I think I counted them the other day, I think I've attended about 20 different certification classes of one kind or another. Here in the U.S., our U.S. B is equivalent to a UEFA B, and we also have other modules that you can take, like the um, United Soccer Coaches, big shout out to them. They're a great organization. They have some fantastic courses. I'm a held a premier diploma with them and also taken Corver and Koji training and so forth. So right now my focus is on uh getting our academy uh, to be one of the best in the US. So I'm gonna go big or go home, right? That's, <laughs> that's the, that's the a, only way
1: to do it. Yeah. <laughs> that's correct.
2: That's correct. We're gonna be now and I just took that job on, by the way, this month. So just oh, awesome.
1: Congratulations.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: That's a great story as well, coming from getting involved because of your kids. And I think we have a lot of listeners and a lot of readers that have maybe done exactly the same thing. Um, uh-huh. I know in my coaching role, my assistant coach is a parent of one of the kids on the team. So do you have any um, any tips for parents just starting out with their kids' teams?
2: Yeah, uh, absolutely. The, the first thing is, you know, we I'm very competitive. And uh, one of the first things I think – I had to kind of have a gear switch in my head is that you're no longer a player, you're a coach and players are very competitive. And when they bring that into the coaching realm, they can really, you know, subordinate fun for winning. And when they're young kids, especially, you know, they from the early ages, age four through 12, fun has to be the first thing we focus on. We need them to, to create a long-term relationship with the game. So my advice to any one starting out is to keep it light, keep it fun and not take yourself so seriously, right? I mean, I've had to learn that. I'll be honest with you, I've had to learn that because uh, like I said, you know, I, as a player, I was extremely competitive. Um, and I think a second thing is commit yourself to education. So the more you can learn from any source, And that's, you know, when we talk about the African Coaches League, I'll get into that a little bit. But when you commit yourself to education, you become a sponge for it. So no matter where you get it from, whether it's YouTube videos, whether it's formal training through organizations, just keep on learning. You never know enough. It just will never happen. Thanks, Ranji. That's my two two tips. Make it fun and commit to learning. Those are the two big ones.
1: Great two tips. Let's talk then about the African Coaches League. And can you give us a bit of a, I guess, an overview of what it is and why it was set up?
2: Sure. Well, it was um, the founder of the organization is a gentleman by the name of Ezra Kennedy, who is uh, a Nigerian national. Uh, He's also the founder of uh, uh, an NGO called the Yagazi Foundation. Um, And, you know, I met him, actually at a soccer coaching course in um, Orlando, in Florida. And we hit it off and we began to talk and he, you know, got back to Nigeria. We kept in touch and his big thing and his focus, even with the Yugazi foundation was to try to use football as a tool to help Africans lift themselves from poverty. And he quickly recognized as a coach himself that a linchpin in this whole thing is the coach if football is a sport right and then you have organizations whether they're clubs or whatever but the thing that keeps the glue that keeps it all together is a coach so that was the driving force behind the acl um and you know very quickly we've grown to over 1500 members globally um including several national team coaches i um one of our patrons is vin blaine and he's the national team head coach for the jamaica national team so we've got quite a few you know but the whole impetus is leverage football to get coaches to leverage football to help lift africans both in africa and in the diaspora out of poverty that's the key that's our mission
1: so, in terms of your membership, you know, you've just mentioned someone there at the at the top level of the game. Have they? Have you got people kind of all the way down to just starting out as well?
2: Hundred percent, absolutely. We've got um, uh, coaches who are just beginning their journey in their uh, teens, uh, up to you know uh, seasoned old uh, goats like myself, um, as well as um, you know at every level, we've got. Um, Uh, youth coaches we've got um university coaches we have um professional team coaches we've got adult amateur coaches it runs the gamut um and and one of our big focal points actually is also to bring education to the um, members so we've actually run training courses at a fraction of what they would cost you elsewhere you know because some of our members are actually instructors so They help out.
1: Yeah. So, what are some of the other activities uh, that that the league does? I guess if you're a member, what can you expect?
2: Sure. Great question. So, um, one again, you know, we're just starting, but the main things you should expect is first of all, um, support and camaraderie. We um, all um, support one another. We have uh, what, uh, several, actually, WhatsApp groups where members post questions and ask for feedback. Uh, they post videos of what they've done, ask for free feedback. So camaraderie is a big one. Um, the other thing is education. Uh, we've run at least in the year and a bit that we've been around, we've run at least four, I believe, uh, training classes one was in person where we had uh coaching support from um outside africa uh come in um and we've done several online courses as well um and again at a fraction of what you'd get them elsewhere you know so that's a big one so coaching education camaraderie coaching education another big uh thing is um the organization like i said is focused on help, leveraging coaching to lift Africans out of poverty. And the Yagazi Foundation has uh, an inaugural camp that they did with the support of Kellogg's, Coca-Cola, the um, Brazilian consulate uh, in Lagos called the Yes Camp, um, the Yagazi Education and Sports Camp. So that initiative is something we're going to continue doing. Um, Uh, in in terms of like bringing kids into an environment where they're safe and we can help them uh, stay out of trouble, focus on football, focus on education. And then the last thing that, you know, we're kind of going to ask coaches, especially ones in developed uh, countries like uh, the ones in Europe, um, you know, the UK, the US, Canada, we would like them to also help out and contribute my club we did a fundraiser here um, where we did a uh, kits donation so we collected kits and sent them to africa um for kids who just didn't have them and it was and it was great because we could see the um athens united logo on kids all the way in africa so yeah so that that's those are the main things uh, education though was probably the biggest and support is the second one
1: mm-hmm. Okay. So let's I guess let's delve into some of those a bit more. So in terms of support is does that kind of take the form of mentorship do you look at maybe some of your coaches where they want to go and maybe match them up with other coaches?
2: Right. So we're still early, right? And we have a global audience, right? So that we don't really have anything quite formally put together yet although that has been discussed. Um, the challenge, immediate challenge right now actually is to get the infrastructure in place so the organization can grow. So some of the initiatives that we're working on include you know, uh, bolstering our website and raising funds to keep that going, uh, including having an online forum, which, and, and educational materials available to members. So when you speak of me- mentorship, uh, we certainly are expecting um, Coaches who are uh, in a local area to work with one another and be part of that uh, organizational mindset. But there's nothing that prevents um, a member. I've been um, contacted by members in Africa, even though I live in the U.S., to to take a look at um, some of their lesson plans and what some of their curriculum Um, uh, components look like so absolutely we're wide open to any form in the digital age you've got so many options so we shouldn't limit ourselves to local but where it exists it should uh, be leveraged
1: yes then if we look at the African coaches league this may also be a a tough question if if the league had to define what they saw as a good coach um, or some of the principles of a good coach what might they be
2: Oh, that's a great question. Again, I think, I think I can speak for the ACL, although we have not as an organization defined that concept. I'm going to write that down if you don't mind. (laughs) That's something we should do. You know, what makes a good coach? Um, I think it's not in diff dissimilar to what would make a good coach anywhere. Right. Um, And again, we have to be careful because Coaching a national team versus coaching, you know, uh, a group of 10 year olds is not the same, you don't have the same objectives, but there are definitely uh, characteristics and attributes you want from your coach. So the first thing a coach has to do, and I think we would um, uh, try to encourage is uh, leadership, right? So the, the coach has to recognize that he's leading the team and he's leading the player. So players might require different players, I should say, require different um, relationships. One might, you might be able to use a command style with one you have to, another, you may have to be more nurturing with. So a coach's ability to lead the team, lead the player, obviously uh, the characteristics have to be that they have to be students of the game. They have to understand um, that coaching games and coaching practices require um a depth of knowledge which is bottomless. It just never ends. The game will n- never stop changing. I looked in a book the other day and I saw a formation, and I had to do a double take because it was uh, it was. I actually cracked the book open and I looked in the middle of it, and it showed a formation which is a two-three-five from 1953, I believe it was, <laughs> or it could have been older. It could have been in the 40s. But two defenders, five attackers. That's how the game was played 60, 70 years ago. You'd never think of that today, right? So they have to be students of the game. They have to adapt um, uh, to the game. So I think, yeah, definitely leadership becomes students of the game. I think a third is that depending on where they are, if they're professional even, they are community ambassadors. You know, a coach is not just, someone who focuses on his group of 18 or 24, he or she has to recognize that you're a member of a community, even if you're coaching, you know, six-year-olds, seven-year-olds, eight-year-olds, you're trying to cultivate and leverage football to create better citizens. And, uh, you know, giving, having some core values, which you can develop on your own. Like for example, with my club, uh, we're, focused on um, work ethic, positive attitude, and respect as our core values that we try to instill in these kids so that when they leave football, because 99% of them will, they can take those um, values into whatever they do, whether they're a, a plumber, a doctor, an engineer, an astronaut, it makes no difference because they're universal. So I think having a core value system is is another one that's really important for them to develop. And they should do it as part of an organization that recognizes that the coach is a community ambassador. Other than that, um, the last piece is to be serious about mentorship. Whether you're mentoring, you mentioned it earlier, whether you're mentoring younger coaches or whether you're mentoring players it makes no difference you know that leadership role requires that you take that bit seriously it's not good enough in my opinion anyway to go to the field do a bang up job of tactics and technical training and then walk away because here's a here's something that your audience might want to just ponder i will challenge that the percentage of people who have forgotten who their coaches were is in the minuscule numbers Less than one percent. If you were to canvas the entire globe, someone who played the game, you always remember your coach. Now, you may not remember who your teachers were, but you will remember your coach, right? So, coaches have a very special place, and we have to take that seriously. So, mentoring, I think, is a big one. So, I could go on, I think, but those will stop there.
1: No, those are great. And I was thinking when you're saying, you know, everyone remembers uh, their coach, first of all, it's a lot of pressure, but also you know we're coaching players but we're also coaching potentially future coaches and maybe setting an example for them
2: that's right that's true that's the other one be a role model you've got to be a role model and i think too you know going back to parents be professional about it you know we're your club kid you know we're uh you know <laughs> look the part um just because your club is small and just because your club doesn't have a whole bunch of kids in it, or just because it never wins trophies makes no difference. Look the part, be a role model, act professionally and, uh, and in your appearance and in the way in which you relate to the kids and to their, to the people around you, be a professional. And that goes for any level of coach. I don't care if you're coaching three-year-olds be professional. It makes a difference. Mm
1: -hmm. That's great. And in terms of your membership, what does, um, what does the gender split look like?
2: All right, so we're working on that, <laughs> but um, we have, out of 1,500 members, we have 100 uh, females. So we're still, uh, you know, working on that. And um, our founder, um, Ezra, actually ha- had, um, he was uh, invited to speak at um, a forum in Canada for female black coaches in Canada. And so we are looking for females. There are a lot more than we, um, let me say it differently, the the sport is certainly got a problem globally, bringing females into it at um, a level where they're given the respect they're due. The Women's World Cup is a fantastic spectacle, for example. But in certain parts of the world, it, the, the, the men's game overshadows the, the women's game, but we can't let that be a gating factor on bringing more women into the game to play as well as to coach. And there's a huge mm-hmm. difference. I've observed it in having, especially with young girls ages like eight through 14, having a female leader and a female voice on the mm-hmm. sidelines, makes a big difference. I don't know why that is. I think it's just something about the way we're wired, but girls seem to respond more effectively with female coaches. Men can be there too, and men can be effective, don't get me wrong. But at a young age, I think it's good that they know that if this coach is a good role model, that's who I can be. I can be like her, is a, good, is a, is a great place to be. So we need to do more on recruiting women, that's for sure.
1: You think as well. You're talking about kind of the, I guess, a bit of the lack of recognition for the female game. Do you think there's also a lack of recognition um, in some of the top leagues around the world for African or uh, African coaches or coaches of the African diaspora? Um, I know in in the UK that's definitely something we're we're struggling with. And is that something you, as a group, are aware of and are trying to help address?
2: hundred percent. There's no question that that's. Um... Coaching generally for Africans is a big challenge. And um, you talk about it in the UK, uh, here in the US, um, African-Americans have with American football um, just opened up a can of worms because they have um, regulations in place which require the National Football League, which is the professional league here, to interview black candidates and candidates of color uh, in their hiring practices, and it's degenerated into just having a checkbox instead of it being a meaningful outreach for inclusion. I think Africans have that challenge globally. It's a big problem. Um, but I, it, you know, my dad always said, you know, pick it up and give them a reason to pick you, right? So I think we have to do burn the candle at both ends. So, you know, being focused on education within the ACL, I think is a major um, uh, component of why we might overcome that. Because our reason to pick will be proving that everyone, no matter where they're from, can aspire to and reach the top level. And they shouldn't be limited by their gender or their race. That's just awful that we have to even talk about it.
1: So, if there's someone you know that's listening to this or reading this that wants to get involved with the African Coaches League, how, how do they go about doing that?
2: Okay, so we do have a website, uh, AfricanCoachesLeague.org org, and you click join. That's the main thing.
1: Awesome, thank you, Ranji. It's been brilliant to I have you it. on the podcast.
2: Well, thank you for inviting us. And I think one thing that I'd ask that um, your audience think about, you know, is if they do. Uh, have an interest, you don't have to be African to be part of the, um, our group. We do have um, a kind of sister organization called Friends of uh, the ACL. Uh, so you can actually um, join as a friend. So we do have members from everywhere who are uh, contributing anyone who's interested in our mission, which is to leverage coaching to help lift Africans out of poverty, please don't be afraid. You're welcome. We want you. I mean, I'm of a mixed heritage, you know, on um, the, the, the world is a much smaller place and it's way too big at the same time for us to exclude anyone. Brilliant. So I'm hoping you're, I'm hoping you're going to join staff.
1: I was going to say it off air, but I'll say it on air. So I'm held accountable. I'm absolutely going to join. Thank you for the invite. Thank you, Steph. All right.
0: That was the voice of Randy Ragbier. Thanks to Randy for his time and for sharing the work of the African Coaches League with us. I can confirm I kept my promise and am now a member of the Friends of the ACL group. Thanks to you for listening to the Soccer Coach Weekly podcast. For more from us, join us again next week. Or visit SoccerCoachWeekly.net for practice plans, advice, interviews and much more. I'm Steph Fairbairn. See you again soon.